Hi, I'm Sean. I'm Alan. And I'm Victoria. Join us every Monday as we tell the tale of a new and exciting cult. This is Once, Once Upon, Upon a, a Cult. Welcome, Colties. This is Once Upon a Cult. I'm here with Alan. Hi, Alan. Hello. And I'm here with not Victoria, but Rachel. Hello. I am not Victoria. (laughs) (laughs) So Victoria is actually on a grand adventure out to see her favorite terrible band, Newfound Glory. So we invited Rachel to sit in for her. That sounds exciting. Are they doing like a show in person? With They're doing like a, a, uh, a drive-in show. Oh, fun. I want to go to one of those. Okay, like we'll not, go, girl. Not specifically them, you know, but I would like <laughs> to go to a drive-in show. <laughs> like a good band, yeah. A good band, you know? <laughs> so tomorrow is Victoria's actual birthday, so everybody should go to her Instagram and wish Victoria happy birthday on the 20th. Whoop, whoop, whoop. Whoop, whoop. And what's her Instagram? Oh, Victoria. <laughs> oh, it might be Victoria. Victoria now. <laughs> what if it's like more like, oh, Victoria. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Victoria. <laughs> <laughs> so I thought we'd do something a little bit different today. And I don't know how everybody's feeling. You may just see the title of this episode and go, holy crap, I'm so sick of hearing it. But... We're going to look into the cult of Trump today. My goal on this. Oh, go ahead. Oh, I just said it's relevant and it's timely. It's relevant. So my goal is, I don't know about everybody else, but I was feeling a little bit lost, especially after seeing um, the social, uh, social dilemma on Netflix, where it talked about how there's this kind of unbalance of information going out. So that's what inspired me to want to do this episode because I wanted to really talk about some of the things that I've noticed and I wanted us to all discuss some of the kind of alarming ways that have come up about how Trump keeps his followers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're excited to hear about this. Yay! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So one thing that really inspired me, too, is despite his handling of COVID, um, Trump's approval rating really hasn't dropped that much lower. So he still has, um, I think it's around a 41% approval rating. I may be mixing that up with um, where he is right now in the election. But it's Mm -hmm. still pretty high for how he's handled the situation. And I personally know a few people who are Trump supporters. And I'm like, these are smart people. So there's some reason why they're still following this man. So I wanted to run through and see if we can get to the bottom of this today. Yes. Let us dive in. (laughs) Let us dive in. So I wanted to first talk about, I did go on a bunny trail where I looked up, okay, Give me the lowdown. What are some of the good things that Trump has done for our country? Because I feel like nobody can be the president and do absolutely no good for a country. So no matter what you think of this man, um, he did put together the Space Force, which sounds really (laughs) awesome to me. Like, I would watch that cartoon. (laughs) Oh, no. (laughs) 
Well, didn't Netflix put, like, the, what's his name? Um, Carell? Steve Carell? Yeah, yeah, Steve Carell. Wasn't that based off of that? Oh, yeah, it was, huh? It is. Yeah. So, the Space Force, though, actually is something that could be good. Um, it's protecting our space assets. So, if anybody attacks, like, their satellites or anything, like, this force is up there to get out the X-Wings and, like, make sure our satellites are safe. You mean yeah. the TIE Fighters? Yeah, the TIE Fighters. <laughs> so, and another thing I found, and this one I think could be a little controversial, so I'll just briefly go through it and say what I think about it. Um, he did cut corporate taxes from 35% to 21%, and he gave a temporary tax relief to families. And, you know, which, whichever side of the argument you're on, you know, some people are saying this is kind of a sleeper help. It's going to eventually pay off and help more people get jobs, and then American families will be able to pay more into the economy. On the other hand, it really hasn't moved the needle at all. But I think what I take from that is he's a president who is trying new and different things. So I can see how if you're unhappy with the way the country is, here's a man who's taking risks and chances, whether they work or not. Yes, I think that is related to the trickle-down economics that we often hear about. The idea that if we cut the cost for the big corporations, that it will then trickle down in effects to the lowly everyday person. And um, it's not necessarily a new idea. It is an idea that the Republicans like to try often and doesn't work a lot. Well, not even them. Any people, any party (laughs) that has rich people in power, they try it. And it's just, this is why we need more varied people in these positions. We shouldn't have only our 1% elected to these positions. We need to get varied people from different walks of life that can actually identify with the struggles that people are facing. Yeah, I think. Very true. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I guess that's why we kind of talked about it too. It's like a lot of his supporters, I don't see any relation to him and like them and Trump. Like a lot of his supporters are very like lower class, you know, not mm-hmm. business with any business background yet. They look at Trump who, probably has never ever stepped foot in like their <laughs> any situation that they've have ever been. So it's just mind boggling that these people just like worship him, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. What I don't understand what draws them other than the fact that obviously there is that admiration, like seeing someone that you want to be like mm-hmm. and that you wish that you could have that experience. But at the same time, I don't know, nothing is happening to help them get closer to that situation, so. Right. Um, Another one I found was the First Step Act, where um, it eases up on certain sentences for drugs, or it also made available more rehabilitation for uh, job training opportunities. It bans a pregnant woman from being shackled in prison, and it halts using solitary confinement for juveniles, And um, uh, prisoners have to be within a 500-mile radius of their family in the jail that they're in. That's nice. That's a big win towards, you know, prisoners. Yeah. And the last thing I found is that, and (laughs) this one's funny, um, 
we did kill the ISIS leader Abu Bakr al-Baghdadi under Trump, but if you hear Trump speak about it, we defeated ISIS, you guys. ISIS is completely gone because oh. we killed oh. their leader. But it's not. Wow. It still exists. We just took out, you know, the head, but yeah. two more grow in its place. Hydra! Hydra! <laughs> it's Hydra! <laughs> All right, so there are some good things that have happened. Mm -hmm. And just to give a brief overview of the social dilemma, um, basically what it talked about, which is so alarming, is that everything is basically app-driven now. So if somebody wants Sean to open a news article, they're going to slap an app in it, and they're going to make sure that it's something that Sean wants to read. So what that's doing is... If I don't like Trump, and they know I don't like Trump, they're going to send me something bad about Trump. But if my friend Tom over here likes Trump, they're going to send him something bad on Biden. So that's really building up this idea of how the fuck do people like Trump, whereas other people are like, how the fuck do you not like Trump? Because we are literally getting skewed information directly to our cell phones. Yes, and it's a, it becomes a huge echo chamber. You're being surrounded by the beliefs that are similar to those you already have. And so they're being constantly reinforced. Mm -hmm. So one thing that the um, social dilemma really pushed and one thing that I've been pushing myself even more to do, because I feel like I was already doing this, but we as a nation need to make sure that we're looking for different sources. We're looking at the other side, you know, like I follow Trump. So I get his tweets from the horse's mouth, or from the Cheeto's mouth, I should say. So I know exactly what he's saying. So if anybody tries to say, like, where did you get that? Here's the tweet that Trump put out. <laughs> but but wait, 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 Sean. But did you actually hear what he was saying? Did you do the numbers? Did you did you count the letters? Do you know for sure what he was saying? Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> All right, great. Let's get into the meat of this bitch. So we decided that we are going to do this episode a little bit differently. We're going to go through our totems and talk about everything with that characteristic that we came up with. So, for example, we're going to start with charismatic leader, go on to alienation, and so forth. Ready? Okay. Okay. <laughs> Alan, I'm not getting a lot of energy from you. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> okay. Oh, gosh. So let's start with uh, the big one. Let's talk about the way Trump presents himself on both Twitter and the language that he uses when he gives speeches and so forth. Alan's forming Are they good? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. well, well, I mean, we did mention, like, I, I, I mean, I lightly mentioned... Um, the fact that people seem to think that he is sending messages using his tweets by capitalizing certain things. And you know how he like rants off numbers at th sometimes? Uh -huh. They say th these aren't random numbers. These are numbers with a message. He's sending out coded messages all the time. That is so frightening. Did you know that? No. <laughs> I'm very uncomfortable with this. Yeah. <laughs> Um, he's obviously a charismatic leader and to me it's super frustrating because he's charismatic in all the rude kind of ways it's like people like that he is 
mean to other people. <laughs> well, I think it's also like he's not because I think the, the, a lot of people that voted for him too are voting for like the anti-politician, right? Yeah. And the way that he carries himself yes. is very much so like that. And I think that's what I guess you can see that as being charismatic to, to these people. Yeah, he's very different yeah. from the norm. Like, I remember back in, like, 2016, 2015, when he first came on the scene. Um, uh, politically, I should say. He's been on the scene for a long time, much longer than he should. My dad was even yeah. like, oh, he's so fun, like, blah, blah. I was like, Dad, it's <laughs> very different to watch somebody be an asshole and to have somebody lead the country. And my dad eventually, like, flipped... Like, he doesn't vote anyway, but he kind of supported him at first because he was, like you guys said, the anti-politician. So he does win people over for being different. I mean, also, like, mm -hmm. I'm sure he got to where he's at, too, priority president because of his personal char charismatic personality. A lot of business owners are do have that certain kind of charisma to them. That's, a lot of times that's how they get to the top, so... But do they have uniqueness, nerve, and talent? <laughs> uh, talent? I, I mean, know. he is unique. <laughs> He's definitely unique. Kind of unique in the way that I felt like people told me I was unique as a child. I never quite knew that it was, if it was a compliment or not. I'm like, mm, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, what are you saying? <laughs> Although Trump is a cunt, though. Sorry, you can wow. leave that out if you want. But <laughs> One thing, too, and Rachel gave me some shade for this, but I have been very slowly, because it's very boring, been reading um, The Room Where It Happened by John Bolton. And he talks a lot about how Trump being charismatic, he seems like a big man-child in that, like, he wants friends and, like, I mean, this is from John Bolton's mouth, so we don't know if it's true or not, but judging from how many details are, he's trying to make friends with a lot of other world leaders. Like, he sends them postcards or letters or tweets, and, like, he gets afraid, like, oh, but if we enact this policy, you know, will Kim Jong get mad at me? <laughs> He's not going to let me sit at the table. Right? <laughs> like, that's crazy to me. Like, you don't hear about a president being afraid that Putin's not going to talk to him. Yeah. Well, and I don't even think it's even just on the level of them as a person and them being powerful people. I think he's also very driven by his business interests. Yeah. And so... Like, as we know, like, he puts out, like, hotels and owns lands in different places. Obviously not in the Korea sort of area, <laughs> but in Russia for sure. <laughs> right. And, yeah, and if you follow him, he makes a lot of claims that, in my opinion, he's trying to make himself seem a little more than human. Like, when he got COVID and he kept saying, like, and the, the again listeners this is straight from his tweet like he got diagnosed on thursday and friday he's like i'm gonna be out of this hospital by 6 30 p.m today and people are like are you though <laughs> like you're a 71 year old man are you yeah and and he did leave but then he also showed extreme um distress like 
he was having trouble breathing and his face was like bright red and he did not look good. No, even if you're on a bunch of steroids, it's not going to hide all the things that you're going through. Right. Yeah. He was having trouble breathing, like visually just watching him. Mm -hmm. It was bad. Yeah. So, yeah. And so far, just from the charismatic leader, and I was talking to Alan about this, but it's funny because a lot of these things remind me of David Koresh. Oh. Yeah, because David Koresh is very similar in that he would make claims about himself being more than human. Um, We talked a little bit about how he was... I guess we haven't really talked about the religious aspect yet. (laughs) I'll save that for a little bit later. Yeah. Belief systems or lack thereof. Yeah. (laughs) So let's move on then. Did anybody have anything else they want to talk about charismatic leader? Um, I think that pretty much covers it. It's like, I honestly, I just hate when people like him are considered charismatic because I'm, it's never for good reasons. Right. (laughs) It's not because they're being a good person or anything like that. Right. I agree. I, I know. I, I like begrudgingly want to call him charismatic when he is, in fact, charismatic, but not in the ways that we respect someone for being charismatic. Yes. Well, though, I guess that's the same with a lot of other cult leaders, that's too. True. They're not necessarily charismatic in the way that I would like them to be. <laughs> All right, let's move on to alienation. Oh, oh my goodness. (laughs) Tell us about it, Alan. Okay, well, yeah, we were talking about it earlier about just kind of, I think what a lot of, like a lot of his followers kind of, like the wake up call, I guess you can say, is that like before Trump was elected, you know, I'm sure they had all these feelings inside already that was internalized. And then I think once Trump was um, elected, that was when, like, a lot of people, a lot of his followers were like, I'm not the only one that feels this way. Like that, mm-hmm. And then that's kind of the, I guess, the cult, like, you know, aspect that, like, now there's, like, kind of a, a group that they can kind of be with, you know? Yeah. And share the beliefs. I, I know exactly what you mean, and I'll give this... I'll try to make a quick example. I remember in the years of Obama, um, when a lot of LGBTQIA rights were turning around, I saw this post and it was how I knew that things were getting better because there's a lady grumbling (laughs) in the news about how she feels that people around her don't share her beliefs anymore. And there was a um, anti-gay um rally set or maybe not rally but a meeting set up at it happened to be at a chick-fil-a in like the southern um uh, states of america and she said it felt so good to be around my people again and i thought oh my god she's feeling like she's you know um an outsider to this whole gay thing and that's great i want her to feel that way and so you're right we have (laughs) turned around a lot of the beliefs that this nation has so I can see since, you know, we're on the plus right now that these people who feel that there shouldn't be gay rights, that there shouldn't be rights for women, that there shouldn't be equal rights for, you know, no matter what color you are under our flag, that they have a voice to speak for them now. 
Yep. Yeah, and then they even take that and use that as a thing against the other parties. Like, now there's a whole thing where a lot of the followers um, in these, like, Pentecostal churches or these strongly aligned with Trump followers, they they see Democrats as being part of a gay agenda. Yeah. <laughs> like, what? <laughs> <laughs> like, I feel like there's hardly any, like... Out Republican, or I mean, not Republican, out, uh, you know, uh, the people, politicians. So it's like funny that they have a gay agenda, a gay agenda. They're pushing that. And somehow this is an attack on others for other people to have equal rights as me is an attack on my beliefs. Really yeah. frustrating. Yeah. And uh, we we did an episode on this, but a lot of these beliefs are being trickled down through this group QAnon, which... Trump has been not outright encouraging QAnon, but he has been making, I guess, a little more than subtle, like, moves to show, like, there's a baby holding a Q poster at a rally, and he pointed that baby out. That baby with that Q must be known to everybody. So he's not making it much of a secret that he supports QAnon. And one thing that, like, really strikes me here is a lot of things that are being thrown around, it's like, do, you, do people not see that, like, they're taking the attention off themselves? By saying that Hillary Clinton is this evil person and she's part of this whole conspiracy, we're not looking at the people throwing that conspiracy out, or we're not looking at the man who just hung himself in prison, who was definitely part of a child sex ring, and who was a friend of Trump, and who was... Well, I won't say the last part. I don't want to point that finger. But this was in yeah. Trump's inner circle. Like, we know for a fact this happened, but we're still looking over at other people who we have no evidence, no proof, no even inkling that they're involved in something like this. Well, that's a mm-hmm. puzzling thing, too. Like, I think it's also the fact that you can believe what you want to believe, or a lot of people just believe what they want to believe, and it's hard to really, like, change that belief. Because one example with Trump having COVID, what really helped him kind of get better was a medication that was based off of stem cell research, Mm -hmm. which, you know... Is you need abortion-y type things to be happening for that. (laughs) (laughs) It's very important. Yep. And, like, you know, that's definitely something that, like, QAnon is highly against in terms of abortion and a lot of Republicans obviously, but you know that if it wasn't for that, Trump could have still be sick. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And you guys, what's really scary? Um, I'm gonna channel Victoria right now. Hey guys! Oh, <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> no, Victoria actually <laughs> sent me an article that QAnon is spreading. There is now a QAnon force growing in Germany. Whoa. Yeah. How do we feel about that? I feel like that's scary. Yeah, and you would think after... We know... Uh Uh-huh. I was just going to say, we know what happens when Germany gets ideas about things. (laughs) Right. (laughs) (laughs) Too soon. Too Too soon. soon. Too soon. Too soon. (laughs) 
Yeah, so it's the ideas are spreading and like you would think after a while some of these conspiracies that have already come and gone like JFK Jr. like coming back on July 4th like that never happened you would think it would start to erode the trust in these conspiracies and like the whole Pizzagate thing where apparently there's a child sex ring underneath this poor pizza (laughs) restaurant. And then it was found out they don't even have a basement. They don't even have a basement. Mm. (laughs) They just hit it. They just hit it. They hit it really good. (laughs) They moved it. Yes. (laughs) All right. So anything else for alienation? I think it just goes back. Yeah, I. I'm sorry. Oh, no, go Uh, ahead. I was going to say, I think it just goes back to the whole social dilemma. I think it's magnified so much now than maybe it was in the past. Because, Mm -hmm. like, everyone's getting fed the information they want to hear. So that just ingrains their beliefs even more. Yeah. No. No, I agree. And um, I will say this. uh, After we put out the Amy Coney Barrett episode, uh, my friend Tom did message me to kind of say, hey, what the fuck, but in a nice way, basically asking if I was um, uh, hinting at the idea that Trump followers are just turning into mindless handmaidens. So I did really appreciate that he reached out to me and I told him that because that is not what I was implying by that photo. I told him, you know, Tony Barrett literally is in a group where they called their women handmaids. So it was a reference to that. And we had a quick little conversation and, you know, he basically asked me why, why do you feel um, threatened by Amy Coney Barrett? And I told him, you know, she's in this very extreme group where I feel as a gay man that she's not going to necessarily uphold the beliefs that I have in court. And he said, um, um, well, she's sworn that she's going to uphold the Constitution. And he threw back at me, a lot of people found Ruth Bader Ginsburg extreme. And even though, I mean, I agree with him, but I don't think it's extreme to fight for people's rights. But I can see how from a very conservative person's point of view, yes, she would be very extreme. So that did help me kind of put into perspective what the other side's thinking. And I think if more people would reach out and calmly, (laughs) without fighting... (laughs) say their beliefs to people, then we can have more discussions about it and understand each other better. For sure. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, I agree. Yeah, I mean, it sounds like to me a hard conversation to have. And also, there's part of me that as a woman, I don't know, it's, I think like, at least with you, guys being of the homosexual persuasion you kind of have a similar fear of this woman and her beliefs that I do as a woman and I find that straight men that don't have anything to fear as far as like their rights over their body or their choice and who they love being taken away it's just so hard for me because I'm like you don't know how it is to have that that dread and that fear about that, yeah. especially like he's not even like a minority race. <laughs> like, I know. There's this, yeah. <laughs> uh, no, I get yeah. it. And yeah, I'll tell you more about it later. 
Yeah, do it. All right, let's talk about belief systems. So this is what I was hinting at earlier and then I realized we hadn't talked about it yet. I think it's very interesting. And this is another thing. I've been reading a lot. Like, I already have been staying very political, but getting ready for this episode, I was like, I'm going to read everything. And I read this article talking about how Trump and the history of all of our presidents is the least religious president. Like, he doesn't even really practice a religion, but he does things where he, like, shows the Bible or he talks about religion, but not his belief in it. And that's where it really reminded me of David Koresh, because Koresh was very similar in that he didn't give a shit about religion, and he was, like, sleeping around, he was doing drugs, and in the article that um, Alan sent out today it really made that correlation for me because people look at Trump like he is a religious icon. He's been sent from God to show us, almost like David Koresh was, show us what sin is, but then also live out the word of God through himself. That's crazy to me. Huh. Yeah, I reading that article definitely gave me a different thought because all this time I was like, really questioning, I'm like, how can these people be taken in by this person who's obviously not religious? But the article gave me a very different perspective where it's like, they know he's not religious. And for some reason, they then look at this thing at like King David from the Bible, mm-hmm. who was a sinner that was anointed and chosen by God. It also talked about, um, I guess there's this whole kind of section of Christianity that follows like the prosperity gospel. And they have this deep seated belief that those who have wealth are chosen by God, despite who they are as people, their beliefs, what they're doing as human beings. The fact that they are wealthy means that God has blessed them. God has chosen them. And so as believers themselves in a God, they instantly then have respect. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, it breaks me. <laughs> I mean, I guess you can say that kind of like how the monarchy was in the past, right? Like yeah. Kings and queens, mm-hmm. I guess mostly kings, so are, you know, regarded as, as gods, you know, back then, or they were at least like close to God. So I, I don't know mm-hmm. if it's just like our natural, or not ours, but like some people's natural like reaction <laughs> to like you know correlate richness to be close to god that's true and yeah you guys i'm calling it right now i know i i've seen the secrets of the universe trump (gasps) did you do shrooms yeah i did i did okay i knew it (laughs) trump is cthulhu in disguise (laughs) and goddess gadget is gonna come and defeat him for us this is what I'm pushing. She is. <laughs> this is what's happening. Well, I mean, yes, we all know that once she appeared again, she was calling in Cthulhu. This is the only thing that can make sense. Disney Plus the only thing. did come out while Trump's been president. That was oh, her yeah. second coming. <laughs> yeah, it's true. It's true. All right, let's move <laughs> on to outside evil. So this is one that I have been preaching from day one. Because wait 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 what you think he believes in an outside evil? <laughs> <laughs> what? So what do you want about? I know, right? <laughs> so right when he was 
trying to be the president and he was saying all this negative stuff about Mexicans and building the wall, I was like, Como se dice Hitler? <laughs> like, yeah. to me, that's yeah. exactly what Hitler did with the Jewish people. He gave the people somebody to hate and unite against. And I... I people love a scapegoat. Yep. They love a scapegoat. A reason that they aren't failing, but a different reason why things are failing that could that it doesn't reflect on them. Right. And I guess one thing that's interesting is we do have a very big Hispanic population in Southern California, and there are a lot of Mexicans that are huge supporters of Trump, and I don't understand it. <laughs> yeah. Because they see it as like, oh, but he's not talking about me. Like, he's saying this, but he's not referencing me. And I was like, he is. Just because you've been here for one generation, like, or a couple of generations, mm-hmm. he's still talking about you and your people and where you've come from. How can you forgive this? Like, we have a friend uh, in common that is a huge Trump supporter now. And I'm like, he is so Hispanic. He is very Hispanic, very. but he does not believe... He doesn't believe he's Hispanic. He is, he's, you know, he's half Italian, but he doesn't look like it. His brother looks all Italian, but he got all the Hispanicness. And I'm like, you are so Hispanic. Yes. <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah. Well, so, yeah, I don't know. It's, I don't understand. Like, you see that a lot with a lot of things is that people who are directly the ones that Trump is talking against will still flock to him, even though, like, he has spoken against them and it confuses me. Yeah. Like the other day I was driving on the freeway and I saw a billboard that said like, take back your country. And it was sponsored by Hispanics for Trump. And I was just so confused by just everything <laughs> on that billboard. Cause I'm just like, take back your country. Like from who? <laughs> you know? Right. Take it back from Trump. Yeah. Who's saying you don't belong here. Yeah. <laughs> and then, like, what you had mentioned, too, before, um, like, offline to me, Sean, was, it, I guess, some some Hispanics voted for Trump because that was, they recognized his name. Yeah, I, I had read yeah. back in 2016 that there was a big part of the Mexican community or Mexican-American community who may not have understood um, our language as well. And they voted for Trump because he was familiar to them. They knew who he was. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. I, you know what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to call myself out in a terrible way. Um, I voted for Arnold Schwarzenegger to be our governor. <laughs> <laughs> because... It was entertaining to me. <laughs> and I had that lesson. I had that lesson. Not that he was even like the worstest of governors, whatever. He didn't do that much in his time. And I don't think he left us off in a terrible way. And I'm glad we moved on from him. But like just doing that made me like put me in that thing where it's like you make that mistake of voting based on like, oh, like this person's different and I know who it is and entertaining. Ha ha ha. And then you're just like, oh, fuck. Yeah, that has yeah. consequences. Yep. Okay, <laughs> so I, I definitely think there could be tons of people that voted for the funny guy from The Apprentice. Yeah, yeah. I mean, at least Schwarzenegger though didn't have any like sexual misconduct allegations towards him. You know, while he was running, 
Oh, yeah. well, I know that, that, you know that. I mean, that mostly happened, you know, um, slightly a little bit during or maybe after, I, 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 you yeah. know, in the thing. It's fine, you guys. It's fine. It's fine. <laughs> we moved on from him. We don't, he, he's not here anymore. He's gone. <laughs> so the biggest one that I found is the outside evil that I'm most concerned about. And I've noticed this even just over the years with my conversations with Tom. Sorry, Tom, if you listen to this, I'm using you as a big example, but I don't think you're going to listen to this. But if you do, thank you. Uh, (laughs) um, Over time, his language started getting, well, the Democrats did this, the Democrats did that, the Democrats did this. And I keep telling him, the Democrats is not a hive mind. The Democrats is a huge amount of people who all have their own beliefs. Some of them range from conservative Democrats. Some of them range to like crazy i'm not even a democrat i just call myself that because it's the closest party that i (laughs) i fit in so um yeah i I found and here's the example i'm going to use this is straight from trump's twitter when um a few weeks ago they were trying to uh pass the cares act to give another relief to americans with the um uh, stimulus check and the democrats had already passed it and they were pushing for a higher amount and the republicans were like we can do this but that's too high of an amount and on trump's twitter and when i say democrats republicans i mean in the senate sorry i don't want to i don't want to be the person (laughs) spouting my own you know hate here yes but yes in the senate okay so on his twitter he put come on republicans the democrats are heartless the americans are going to put the money back into america anyway and when I was scrolling through the comments, everybody was like, wait, <laughs> what? <The> Democrats already <laughs> passed this. What are you talking about? And I've noticed that like yeah. he he demonizes Democrats are like destroying everything. Mm-hmm. He does. And what's so interesting about these negotiations things is the fact that the Democratic representatives that are coming up with these bills and like standing by their guns is they also realize that they're saying no to giving smaller aid because they know more needs to happen. Mm -hmm. And that has to be so hard to be like, I'm holding out because what you're offering isn't going to do enough. We need to do better. And, um, yeah, that to me, it's like interesting because then it kind of comes back onto them where they're like, well, I mean, the Republicans were going to sign a thing. It's like, yeah, they were going to sign something for like a third of what was needed and asked for. And if we let that go through, it still wouldn't have solved things because it didn't give enough. It didn't give enough resources. And the fact that they are holding out, it's so hard, but they know that more needs to be done. Right. Yeah, it just, yeah. it's it's getting to be a problem. And, like, I don't know, you can tell me to cut this out, Rachel, but your mom is, like, the closest person to me I know who is a Republican. And I think she's a wonderful Ooh. person. I think she's very caring. She's very sweet. I think just because she's a Republican, she doesn't blindly follow, like, I have to vote for Trump because I'm a Republican. <laughs> so, I mean, mm-hmm. Republicans aren't bad people. And I think... Because I've heard on different podcasts, I listen to people saying, like, if they're Republican, I'm not going to be friends with them until the, after the election, or I'm going to cut them from my social media. I'm like, no, that's terrible. Like, 
We're never going to You're stopping grow. the conversation. Yeah. <laughs> yep. My mom and I actually had a lot of heart-to-hearts about, like, our political be- beliefs and where we are. And um, I think that she's actually come more to the fact that she really just hates politics and <laughs> doesn't even necessarily like calling out one party over the other, but was raised Republican and has always identified that way. But then when I had her, like reference some tests where she could like put in her beliefs and it could tell her back like if you believe these things this is the party that is doing the things in alignment with your beliefs and having discussions around it like we kind of came to the root that like she's not republican okay (laughs) that makes more sense to me (laughs) beliefs do not match up with it but that's just that's her parents were Republican and she grew up Republican and she just never questioned it. And I think that there's an interesting conversation all over to be had in the fact that a lot of us do kind of go that way. We choose our party young and we stick to it despite how that party is changing around us Mm -hmm. all the time. Um, So I think that's something that people need to look at more often because if Now, with a lot of the Republican, more crazy, like, going far, I guess, far right things, like, there's tons of moderate Republicans, and then it becomes a thing of looking at, like, okay, is the fact that there's a lot happening that I don't necessarily agree with, is this outweighing me having an allegiance to this party sort of thing? That makes sense, and I'm really glad that... You're a prime example of what I'm talking about. You had a discussion with your mom, and you used tools on hand to show her, like, maybe you're not the thing that you think you are. The first time that I tried to have the conversation, I ended up screaming at her and hanging up the phone. (laughs) That's okay, though. At least it still happened. Talk to you anymore. (laughs) And I had never been that angry in so long, and then I had to talk with my therapist about it. And we came back and had a real conversation. (laughs) Well, and one thing that you bring up, too, um, I have an age-appropriate friend named Mary who lives in Arkansas. (laughs) She's, I think, what, 73, 74 now? (laughs) I'm in my 30s. Um, But I met her through work, and I love her. She became almost like another mother to me, and she calls me at least once every probably two weeks to be like, Sean, it's so hard living in Arkansas with all these other old people who are Republicans. And she's like, I just need somebody to complain about Trump with sometimes. And some of the things that were really eye-opening to me just when I talked to her a week ago is she said that her one of her neighbors told her that if we vote for Biden then he's going to take control of all the farms and he's going to control what is going to be produced on those farms. <laughs> where do they get these beliefs? Well, and that's what she asked him. Like, well, where did you see that? He's like, oh, I heard it somewhere. And she's like, well, show me where you read it. He's like, oh, I didn't read it. I just heard it somewhere. And that's what I find when you really dig into some of these people who are Trump supporters, they're not running on correct information. Mm-hmm. And I found that, yeah. too, when we were voting on gay marriage, a lot of the people who were against it were like, oh, they're going to teach gay sex in our schools to our kids, and they're going to 
we're going to have to let people marry their dog. And I'm like, this isn't about any of that. This is about two people who are consenting adults getting married no matter what sex they are or identify as. Yeah. And, oh, my my brain just flitted away with the thought that I had, but it was building off of what you just said. (laughs) Okay. Oh, yeah. Misinformation. Mm -hmm. And they touch on this in The Social Dilemma, but... I heard it somewhere could be something as easy as they saw it on their Facebook wall while scrolling. And there's no checks and balance is to make sure that misinformation isn't being spread on these platforms, which is ridiculous because it's just lies Mm -hmm. often that can be put out, not just on the far right side. It can also show up in the far left side. I have to now kind of take that second to like, be like, okay, I've heard this thing. Let me do some Googling. Am I seeing it showing up in multiple sources or Mm -hmm. is it only showing up like in these two super liberal things like am I seeing it show up in a New York Times in a Washington Post Um, and it can be hard to take that moment to fact check especially when something gets an emotional reaction from you you kind of just want to jump on and be like I need to share this to everyone (laughs) so like I just shared something in my Instagram the other day that was about um, the Republican uh the GOP ballot boxes that are being put around, oh, yeah. uh, around churches and around rural things. And I, I, before sharing it, I went and I did some research on it so that if people asked me about it. I can be like, this has been confirmed and here's what I know about it. Cause it's not even just a straight, like you're in California, you're allowed to gather other people's ballots as an organization to turn them in. And so they're not doing anything illegal except for they are like putting language on there saying it's an official ballot box when it's, not an official ballot box. They are just being people that are collecting it. But for me, my concern is like, do you know that your vote is going to make it from them to where it needs to go? You know? (laughs) And I do have to say, I use um, whereismyballot.com or .org. I don't remember, but where's my ballot? And I put my ballot in the mail on Sunday and I got a notification on that next Tuesday So within two days that my vote was received and it was counted and it even had a little I voted like tag that I can share on social media at the bottom. So there is a lot going around about, you know, ballots not being mailed in. But from my experience, it was quick. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. You can mail it in. And there are tons of official ballot boxes around that are not linked to any political party. Right. Like. I, I had to go into the Pasade- South Pasadena police station the other day, and there was a ballot box, a non-party affiliated general ballot box just being, yeah. yeah. It, so it's like when I put it in there, I'm, I know that I'm putting it into a place where it's not going to have any attachment of beliefs of anyone behind it. Yeah, I agree. And I think we already talked about sense of community with, you know, how racism is being supported because Trump isn't really condemning racism. But, Uh. right. (laughs) But I did want to touch on something that you talked about, Rachel, with fact checking, because I have noticed you're right. There is there is an imbalance of information right now. And I don't want to get like too heavy into 
what I'm going to say, but I think it's a very good example, is Brianna Taylor. When I started getting uh, notifications about Brianna Taylor, it made it seem like, you know, she was asleep in her bed and she just got shot for no reason. And when I actually looked at more of the situation, there is more to it. I'm not going to say it's right. It's never right for someone to get shot, but there mm -hmm. is more to it. There was somebody who fired at the cops, and whether it was right for them to have fired at the cops or not is still questionable because he's saying he didn't hear them um, announce themselves, but the cops are saying they announced themselves. But I just wanted to use that as an example of it's not as clean cut as the media that I received about it made it seem it was. Yeah. Yeah, I can definitely see that. And it, it's a story that has shades of gray. And I feel like people grab onto the elements that best support their view and really lean into those things. So I'm definitely of the opinion that she, what happened there was inappropriate completely and there needs to be reform. Um, but I do think that it would serve them better to be completely honest about the situation because then when it comes out that facts have been bent a little bit, then it makes it look like there is something shady going on. That's something for people to, to hook into and have an issue with when if you can just be open and honest about it and let there be those shades of gray, um, then it's like, well, yeah. <laughs> this was a real person. There were was all these other elements at stake, but what happened was still fucking wrong and should not have happened. Right. Um, I think it would have served it better rather than trying to take away and make it just like all good or all bad. Yeah, I very much agree. So the main message that I want to get to people through this podcast today is back check to back check fact check <laughs> and don't hate on somebody who's different than you like learn from them yeah. i've i've gathered people from all walks of life like i'll be honest like i used to be not as understanding with um, transgender people until i met my first transgender person and i was able to sit down and really talk to her and really understand what it was like for her um, living her life trapped in a man's body, and it was fascinating. And I appreciate her very much for the struggle she's been with. And I challenge everybody listening to find somebody who you're afraid of or don't understand and learn from them, talk to them, do something, change it up. Yeah. Yeah, let yourself learn a little bit more. It never hurts to learn more. I appreciate you guys doing this episode with me. I know I was like a little bit scared <laughs> coming in. I was like, I don't want us to just completely bash Trump. I want us to do like a good episode. And I think we accomplished it. I think so. I hope so. Um, I think it is an interesting thing to look at. And um, you said fact check, fact check, fact check. But also, I mean, what we learned is like, you can't just Google something. Because based on your likes, based on your area you're in, they're going to bring back the Google things that specifically cater to you. Uh -huh. So maybe go get some DuckDuckGo or other search engine and try searching on there. And maybe you can learn something new and different, something that wasn't curated for your eyes. Very good point. And that's why I said it three times, because you have to look in many different areas. Yeah, yeah. It's also <laughs> I said it three times, like in three places. Yeah, yeah. 
And you got you to gotta skip past, like, go to the second page. Look at what's on the second page because all the ones that show up in the top are ads, so. Yeah, true. Yeah. Well, that's the thing, too. I mean, I'm, I'm usually guilty of this sometimes, but, like, the headline of an article is usually, uh, most likely it might not be the full truth. It's, it's The purpose of that is to catch your eye so mm-hmm. you can actually... I mean, I'm sure everyone's heard of clickbait. Like, it's for them to, for you to click on that article, so then more ads. Because as you as you said, like a lot of ads are on the top. It's for ads to be served. served. That's mm-hmm. really the main purpose for you to go onto pages. So yep. yeah, read yep. through the like whole those article. ones where they, <laughs> the ones where they break the article up into like multiple uh, pictures, uh, and you can read like one sentence and have to hit a next thing. I hate when you click into it <laughs> like an article yeah. and it ends up being one of those. I'm like, I refuse. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right, Rachel, where can we find you? Well, you can find me at A Real Bodice Ripper, the podcast. Uh, We're on Instagram. We're on Anchor. We're on uh, Spotify. You can listen to us rip up the romance genre, my friend Jesse and I. Check me out there. And if you want to do some dancing, get sexy and fit, I also teach Zumba. And you can find me at radiant.dance. That is a website radiant.dance and find information about dancing with me. I'll have you know you ruined my life today because I went through all three of my um, Hitchcock box sets and none of them have Rebecca on them. Oh no, but it was like his only best picture thingy nod thing. Yeah, I don't know. (laughs) But you know what? You can find it on YouTube. Okay. Playing for free. Very cool. Just... Search for it on YouTube. It's there. And I need to go watch it now that I've read the book because I didn't get to watch the movie yet. <laughs> All right. And don't forget to give us a radar review if you like what you've heard. You can find us on Instagram at onceuponacult.com. You can write us at onceuponacult at gmail.com. I'm on Magic Havoc at Etsy. And I'm also on Brunch with the Hollowells, a charmed podcast. And thank you for listening. Yeah, thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Bye. Bye.